0: Hey, just a heads up. This week we're discussing Evil Dead 2, directed by Sam Raimi and written by Sam Raimi and Scott Spiegel. Our hosts ranked this movie as spooky, but mostly funny. However, there is some blood, descriptions of dismemberment, and demon possession. After the music, we'll talk about the movie in full, so expect spoilers. Now, let's get on with the show.
1: Good evening and welcome. Progressively Horrified,
2: the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. (laughs) Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about the Citizen Kane of horror comedies, Evil Dead 2. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cinebites. they're here to invade your home and find queer content in all of your favorite movies. My co-host and comic book writer, and happy birthday, Ben Con, Ben Emery tonight. I'm great, and Bruce Campbell should have gotten an Oscar for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely, and we picked her up at the Spooky Crossroads of Animated Sexy Monster Media. It's co-host and comics artist Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily?
3: Wishing Ben a happy birthday.
2: Our special guest tonight, our friends, the incomparable Steve Say and Bronwyn Kelly Say. How are you guys? Happy
4: birthday to you, Ben. And I'm I'm so glad that you brought us to talk about a movie that has more sweat than The Rock in Fast Five.
1: (laughs) This is the most fluid-filled movie this side of literally Waterworld. All colors of fluid. Oh my God, I wrote them down. <laughs> There's black fluid, red fluid, green fluid, blue and blue
2: fluid. Let's talk a little bit about the basics here. It is directed by Sam Raimi. It is written by Sam Raimi and Scott Spiegel. It stars mostly Bruce Campbell, but also Sarah Berry, Dan Hicks, Cassie Wesley, uh, Pava, and Ted Raimi.
5: And I'm sorry this should get top billing. Bruce Campbell's eyebrows.
2: Yes.
1: His eyebrows and his chin, very prominent
5: features buttons. in
2: this movie.
1: This is a directorial tour de force from Sam Raimi. was thousand percent. Bruce Campbell fucking carries this movie on his back, which is on intentionally his it, eyebrows. It was designed to be carried on his back. Like his physical comedy in this movie is truly Buster Keaton levels good.
5: Yeah, uh, it's wild, actually. He's a
3: fantastic physical like comedian and I feel like a lot of that isn't really mentioned as much by just most people that watch these movies because they're into sort of the cool Bruce Campbell. Also the sexy Bruce Campbell. If you haven't checked lately, if you've been watching Ash vs. the Evil Dead on one of the streaming services, I can't remember which one has it.
1: Which do so. so. It's a really fun show.
3: Yeah, it's fun. Bruce Campbell's great, but he was (laughs)
1: there's <laughs> a goddamn smokestack in this
2: movie before <laughs> she has to tell you herself my wife uh is a, a big fan of bruce campbell's attractiveness but much more interested in bruce campbell now than then like she loves a, she loves a slightly peppered haired bruce campbell she she likes a
4: burn, burn notice yeah
1: yeah just fucking <laughs> she likes burn notice bruce campbell you to <laughs> say bruce it campbell. I mean, who doesn't, really? (laughs) It's so weird to remember that TNT shows exist. I
3: know. Well, no, Bruce Campbell's been so great throughout his career. He's such a great character actor. And like his superpower, Ash Williams' superpower, is to resist impact. A lot of people resist impact in this movie because this is like the Looney Tunes zombie movie. Yes. Um, Slapstick. So much physical
5: comedy is amazing in this. I'm not saying that this is the
1: first horror comedy by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, for God's sake, Young Frankenstein came out over a decade earlier, but I feel like this is one that took like the plot and structure and violence that should be in a standard straight down the middle horror movie, which is why it was so easy to adapt it into a straight down the uh, middle horror movie decades later. Mm hmm but it hypes it all to like slapstick levels. I love
2: Bruce Campbell's movie. I love Ash Williams. I do have to say the true hero of this movie though, to me is Ted Raimi who wore a full like plaster old woman, like mm-hmm. costume and suit in the middle of this was something in Wadesboro, North Carolina, which I will tell you is currently a town of about 5,000 people, just to give you an idea of the size, and it is a swamp. (laughs) What it was like, like wearing that suit in like the heat, the heat that is very clear from the amount of sweating that Bruce Campbell is doing in this movie.
4: You can see the battle damage of the witch's suit in when the character's like up in the air and spinning around. If you look in near the crotch, like you can actually see <laughs> the tears and you can see Ted Ramey's jeans underneath it. It's amazing. <laughs> They're like, guys, it 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 ripped, it broke. And be like,
1: use it. We don't have the budget. And this really speaks to Sam Ramey's skills. Like they use the lack of budget. Like how effective is the demon being this disembodied, constantly rushing at you POV camera? Mm-hmm. Like it's so much more effective than any kind of like just regular monster that they could like show that as.
5: Yeah. Oh my god, that shot, that one single shot where the POV camera is chasing Ash through the house.
1: That's incredible, it right? Broke, like, it... Through three or four doors. In the first yeah. Time.
5: That's the kind
1: of shot that made like essentially like a beefed up student film go like, oh my god, yeah, give this guy fucking Spider Man. Exactly. This like. This is so good. Like, you speak to, like, horror as a DIY genre. Like, I mean, the first Evil Dead was essentially just a student film, wasn't it? Yeah. He could not get
2: this one filmed. Sam had intended to do, like, a straight-up sequel of The Evil Dead. Yeah, The Evil Dead was, like, privately financed little thing, and he could not get the financing for the second one. And, in fact, what happened was a guy named Stephen King was such a fan of the original The Evil Dead that he went and talked to his buddy, Dino De Laurentiis, who was currently allowing him, Stephen King, to make maximum overdrive, which at some point we'll have to talk
1: about. What I'm getting from this story is that cocaine played a part in every step of getting this movie to screen.
5: Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah.
1: Dino De
2: Laurentiis decided that he would finance this on Stephen King's word, and they still couldn't get the rights to the video from Evil Dead. So they basically remake the movie The Evil Dead in the first, like, seven minutes of this movie just so they can get to the sequel for the rest of the movie.
1: The rights to the Evil Dead franchise are a goddamn labyrinth that makes no fucking sense to me. Like, so if you watch evil, like, Ash vs. Evil Dead, the stars TV series, it's connected rights-wise. They had all the rights to Evil Dead 2. They did not have the rights to Evil Dead 1 or Army of Darkness. So they could only allude to Army of Darkness.
5: (laughs) Well, and it's funny because they were talking about like the direct sequel that they wanted Evil Dead 2 to be, but he wanted it to basically go right into Army of Darkness uh, and then had to kind of rewrite to get Evil Dead 2 because they wanted more of a in line with the first one.
1: One of those things where, thank God for producer (laughs) interference because... I, I look, I'm a big fan of Army of Darkness. I really like it, but this movie is so fucking special. Mm-hmm. And I think Army of Darkness is a little more like we're the horror and we're the comedy and we're the claymation and we're the fantasy and we're the knights. Like, I think it's a, trying to be a little too much. Whereas this just being like this crazy horror comedy and like with the cabin, classic cabin in the woods.
2: I think Goldilocks too. franchise,
1: yeah,
5: yeah, then
2: is not really enough. Other than the tree rape, Oof. which doesn't make its way into this one, but does make its way into the remake. It's just not enough. Really?
1: That one that they keep, they kept the tree, rape.
2: they kept okay. the tree rape very, very specifically. In that's, fact, they're more choice. specific about it. <laughs> oh. Oh, I don't so, remember that. That's
5: a that, that's definitely a choice Didn't yeah, yeah, need that
2: in the remake the evil dead the character is actually suspended off of the ground and you see the vines go up her skirt and the
1: the remake plays it more straight right like the remake doesn't go for like Uh, does it 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 so right so straight yeah uh, it is not funny
2: at all in fact like they take the premise of kids going out to the woods to you know make out and have fun and instead they make it about this guy Going out with his sister, who is just fresh out of rehab, and trying to take her out to the woods to help her get clean. Um, So they're they're staging intervention to keep her from doing drugs, which is why they're way out in the woods. This is directed by Fede Alvarez, who we have talked about his work before.
3: Oh, don't breathe! We're notably
2: not fans of don't
1: breathe. Don't watch. (laughs) We're like it. oh, (laughs) I mean to do like hey, what if we did Evil Dead without the comedy? I mean, that's... Yeah, it's a choice. It's Yeah. It... Like, like, I'm with Jeremy. This is the Citizen Kane of the horror comedy subgenre.
3: With Rosebud and everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Rosebud, by the way, not a real production company. Uh, it was created <laughs> exclusively for this movie because... This movie was initially rated X and Gino De Laurentiis could not yeah. release X-rated stuff on his own label. So he created this fake label to release it under. The idea that at some point this movie was rated X is hilarious to me. It is. Because it is. Yeah, yeah, is special special yeah
1: it's,
2: it's straight down the
1: line almost G13 now.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
1: How great a villain are the Deadites? Oh like, my God. Zombies, that actively fuck with you.
3: i <laughs> like fun. Like it's if like Freddy Krueger. Like every zombie was Freddy Krueger. Yes. Yes. Yep, like, that's exactly it. They all Especially have the same end. Yeah. 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 So it's really funny because you talk about. I didn't know that Dina De Laurentiis was like as involved in this, but then I watch it and I'm like, wow, this makes a whole lot of sense because like the theatricality, the world building, and like all of these handmade special effects and like the weird cloud.
1: I love. I I especially love when the just the world's fastest sunset composited against Bruce Campbell screaming at the sky,
3: right? And then you know you think about a movie like this where like okay, there's a lot of people in armor. That's a lot of armor. And then I'm like, wait, no, it's Dino De Laurentiis. He was just coming off of like Conan and fucking Flash Gordon and all this. And Dune, (laughs) oh yeah, Dune. And so yeah, Dina like. I'm really fascinated by the Dino De Laurentiis aesthetic because it is so like there it's like, it's like Bondes comic books. So rich
2: Sam Raimi and Robert Taper will go on to do on TV as well, you know, and instead they worked on like the Xenos and Hercules. As a,
3: yeah. Yeah. And also for the record, the De Laurentiis company has gone on to produce such things such as Hannibal. So you know, delightful. Connected.
1: connected. (laughs) This movie has so many little touches that are are so funny to me and just making me laugh every time I watch it. Like Bruce Campbell in the beginning, clearly flying miles through the air (laughs) and then landing twenty feet away from the cabin. Right. (laughs) This
5: (laughs) this movie is about commitment. It's about commitment to The bit. Oh, and okay. It's, and
1: it is committed.
5: I have a question. I have a question about Bruce Campbell specifically. Do yes. any of you know if he had a specific rider on this movie that said he had to be the prettiest person? Because legitimately everyone else, mm, like if he's a nine, everyone else is like a 6.5 at best.
1: Well, it is like I believe him and Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi are like long time friends. Like yeah. I they met yeah. in college or even friends like Earlier than that, I didn't know. Like, again, this wasn't like, oh, we've got this character and like Ash Williams, we need to find the perfect actor for him. Like, this whole movie was built around Bruce Campbell as the star, like, yeah, they won,
5: which works. And it's all, it's all oh, amazing. Yeah. But I mean, like, everybody here looks like they're in their 40s and angry about
2: it. The, the wild thing to me is I was reading that originally, when Sam Raimi wrote the script, the character of Bobby Joe was inspired by Holly Hunter. And he wanted Holly Hunter to play the character. That would have been great. And apparently, De Laurentiis decided that Holly Hunter was not sexy enough and they needed somebody sexier
1: for the part. De Laurentiis, you are wrong.
5: Very, very wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he wanted somebody sexier for that part. And then immediately, our very first introduction to that role is her spitting on the ground. Do I have this? Right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like she spits out chaw and then... They then do play
1: Bobby Joe as if she is sexy later. And I was like, "Mixed signals here. I think that can work in a Julia Roberts movie where she's playing a witty, like, scam artist who then goes undercover and somewhere and ends up falling in love with, like, I don't know, <laughs> someone down to earth and good hearted. And then it's a whole, like. Instead of some guy in a.
5: Pair of overalls with cover yeah. teeth, like yeah. some are yeah. here and some are there.
1: It's like, oh, street smart, Julia Roberts, comic artist. And oh no, I'm in all, I don't know, Richard gear or mark Christmas movie. I don't know. It's not the 90s. This movie's not getting greenlit anyway.
3: Yeah, well, it, her character came in strong and then just dropped off.
1: Well, yes. I feel like when we get the scenes away from Bruce Campbell, we get a look at what, like, what this movie would have been in like nine out of 10 timelines where it's a whole thing with just like first friday the 13th movie caliber acting and stuff and then you get bruce campbell back on screen and you're like oh my god thank god we have a fucking physical comedy dynamo who is just ranking it up to 11
5: it's true because like when we meet like Bobby Joe and Annie and like the four of them are talking at the bridge. That is the cringiest scene in the entire movie, and there's so much blood and gore and all like insanity in the rest of this movie.
2: Without (laughs) looking it up, what's Annie's boyfriend's name? Jake,
5: (laughs) (laughs) Chad. You saw it. This whole family, Chief Dolph Lundgren. (laughs) Like, I think he's Ed. Is he though?
2: Jake, Jake, I think is the. Hill Jake Billy, is the hillbilly. Yeah. Oh, oh! oh get
1: introduced okay. to Annie. She is wearing a yellow sweater with a beige sweater tied around her neck.
5: Oh, and don't forget the cravat,
1: the kerchief action.
5: Yeah. What kind of
1: fucking white as hell wasp family? is just vacationing to tombs and casually reading spells from things called the book of the dead with you know, the
5: neithox and the oxfords the secret cakes
1: and those circles, circles run deep <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> and we That's don't take shame here but oh
3: my no, god the neithox <laughs> look xray the conundrum it's important they're important they're really. out of some old text
4: as year bag
1: yeah I, <laughs> I don't know. Only the waspiest of wasps is reading a book made of human skin and reading about doors to other worlds from the Book of the Dead and going, there's choo-choo, ball steam on head. I mean, I mean
2: not only made it, let me record it. Yeah. And it can be played back again later.
5: <laughs> I mean, the, the least possible part of this whole movie, Wild. though, is legitimately that Ash would pick up a book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, <laughs> He did pick up the first time
3: he picked up a book. I believe it was when he was trying to trap the hand under the pot and it was a farewell to arms. I I laughed my head off. Oh, my God. (laughs) Fucking. I'm like, I guess that's a joke. But also, like, it's also something that would definitely make my hand not want to function anymore. And also, can we talk about how much he mourns his hand over his girlfriend? Oh my God!
1: Dying yeah. Bruce Campbell's Dying hand, tortured like delivery pleading to the heavens on give me back my hand.
3: I
5: mean it is his right hand exactly like
3: <laughs> that's what I'm saying like <laughs> wasn't really committed to this relationship with Linda, however, that hand just got I he doesn't have
2: Linda the hand it even it more I important
1: i
3: actually okay, so talked head. about.
4: Listen, (laughs) some people are
1: ambidextrous, all right? I mean, when Setter, Linda pulling herself out of her grave, doing ballet, her head rolling towards her, doing more ballet, and then prancing off into the wilderness (laughs) just to fuck with Ash. (laughs) Fucking Gloria.
4: Probably my favorite thing about this movie is the evil itself and just how much it lives to fuck with its victims (laughs) they screw with him for so they kill him at any time they could possess him at any time they could possess him and make him walk off where the bridge was and he'd be done but they put him and these people through all of these trials and all of these possessions and blood baths and fucked up shit and just the whole movie i'm like
3: this evil's got a great sense of humor i like it's like halloween town right
1: favorite part of the whole movie is where it's the Dutch angle and they're dancing and
5: everything's laughing and I'm like, oh, they're buddies (laughs) the Pixar movie now. I legitimately love when he gets up to the bridge for the first time and he's looking at it like oh no and he's got that sean william scott face going on and you get that shot of the bridge and it's like the hands you know coming up or whatever it very much looks like that delia deeks art from beetlejuice (laughs) oh Oh, yeah
1: yeah, it does.
3: well i mean it's and it's such a matte painting like all of the bridge shit in this movie like that's what i love about these like the De De Laurentiis movies in particular, but also this like the Sam Raimi stuff, this particular Evil Dead situation is so fantastical and also like theatrical. Like these are wooden sets. These are cardboard paintings. Like your belief is suspended and you don't give a shit because everything that's happening on the screen is either crazy or great or both. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like (laughs) usually both. But the whole movie I think is fantastic. But the first like, 35 to 40 minutes or so, where it's really just Ash by himself. Like, and the house is, it's sublime. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk
2: about like what actually happens here because we'll jump into that like bit here because we start with, I mean, the premise of evil dead, the original to some extent, but like what I love about this opening is they're going to this house in the middle of the woods for that they have no connection to. I don't know if Ash just saw it off of the road at some point, but Ash is like, "That spooky ass old house in the middle of the
1: woods seems like a good place to go make out." Linda asks him, "Like, how do you know the owners won't come back?" He's just like, "Ah, like, yeah, he won't. He doesn't know who the owners are. He has no idea. He has no connection to them. We we do not know how he even knows about this house.
3: And the, and this is cold. Like, this is straight after." This whole amazing animated, like super fantastical intro about the book of the dead. Yeah. With
4: hardcore Twilight Zone vibes.
3: Oh,
1: it's so so good. Like this
3: movie nom.
5: It's
1: iconic
5: and Necronama nom nom, nom 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 Necronomicon X mortis. <laughs> the
1: book made of human skin with a fucking face on it. Yeah. And ruin. And we see it like back when the seas were f- drawing with with blood. Yeah, like it's bathed with ocean blood. And it's like got all these intricate drawings. Like, fucking, yeah, I fucking love the Necronomicon. It fucking rules. Guys,
2: I don't know my like, ancient history that well, but this movie implies that there was a time that all the oceans were just blood. Um, oh,
3: well, that was after the second impact when Shinji. <laughs> this is like,
2: like Conan. That's right.
3: <laughs> He put on the that's, helmet.
1: That's why all the troglodytes went extinct. It was in troglodyte times, right? <laughs> also, I guess the first plague when God got real mad at the Egyptians for the slavery thing, and he's like, we're going to we're going to do a whole bunch of plagues. I gonna miss over everyone.
3: See, when you talk about like history, I'm going to get a lot more serious here than we really should. But when we talk about history and like historical books and in like ancient cultures and stuff, things are very relative, right?
1: Like, yes. For the record, the Second Impact and the story of Passover are both equally fictional. Yes, <laughs> and in, I am Jewish. Heard. I love the I love the story of Passover. It's a wonderful holiday. There's zero fucking historical precedent for it. Yeah, but
2: it's absolutely real, though. Not even like funny. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, no, he's like eating the sun right now, but the archaeological tomes, things are like when we talk about oceans, usually it's just like the body of water nearby where like the city was. Okay, anyway. So that could have been blood. Who
2: knows? Yeah. So, uh, iron deposit. They come in, they set up at this house, they start looking around for, I don't know, stuff to eat, stuff to drink, stuff to get sexy with. And, uh, Ash finds the sexiest thing of all, a tape recorder. And he's like, hey, should I play this reel to reel? And, uh, of course,
1: Linda's like, yeah, do it. Real. Uh, well, I love Ash's lines to seal the deal. Have some champagne, baby, and I'm a man and you're a woman. Oh, my God. In this <laughs> cabin that could not be the most, like, picturesque horror movie cabin. Okay. This is the horror movie cabin to end all horror movie, movie cabin? Starts, This cabin starts
2: out spooky. No point is this cabin romantic. There is not a, yeah. a large fireplace. There's no, like,
1: there's no, like, vibes in this Kevin. No, Kevin is less spooky when it has a giant ghost face projector. Yes!
5: And, okay, I'm sorry, like, Bruce Campbell, yes, he is all cheekbones and sharp nose and eyebrows and all of the angles and all of the thing, you know, arguably, objectively, a beautiful guy. But dude has no vibes. He is an incredible physical actor. But he comes over there and he arches an eyebrow and he's like, I'm a man and you're a woman. And all I'm like is, oh, dear God. It's the exact
1: same flirting strategy that Johnny Bravo would employ. Listen, yeah.
4: nothing turns me on faster than being called hid by my significant other.
3: Yeah, I can't handle that shit. It <laughs> happens twice. Gross.
5: Okay, but here's, okay. We can't not talk about how he played the piano. Did he play the piano or did the piano play itself? Or yeah. was it, what's her dude coming back from house of- yeah, maybe it was what's her name? melody melody.
1: Well, I, how great was the piano melody when Ash is feeling sad while holding the necklace and thinking about his girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. But us look, listen.
3: OK, <laughs> so Ash is playing. Ash is supposedly playing the piano. Bruce Campbell is probably not playing the piano. We know this. English I mean, French maybe
2: a good bait.
3: that's true. That's true. But in the beginning of this movie, as with like the first evil dead, Ash is kind of a geek. Like in the first Evil Dead, he's, he starts out kind of geeky,
5: like kind of awkward. Awkward, I, yes. Geeky? I mean,
2: he's. He's a feral human.
5: He's a feral, feral, feral human. human. I'll yeah. take that. He's,
2: geeky in the circus sense.
1: Yeah. I wish we got. <laughs> will
2: eat a live chicken.
1: A piano after he had the chainsaw hand. So it's just like yeah. I glass buns, but like whipping, the, like just handing like keys with the chainsaw.
3: Yeah. But. Yeah, so, but, like, Ash starts out, he's not, like, supposed to be a charmer. He becomes, like, a confident charmer. Like, most of this movie, he's screaming and hitting himself. And he's not...
1: That like, charming, that's what I do. Bike <laughs> has nothing on this movie. Absolutely not. So like, over and you thought you beat yourself up? Fucking get on Bruce Campbell's level.
0: Oh! 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 oh, 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 oh
3: silver Uh, dr strange has not seen the last of the pizza papa yeah fucking tyler durden has nothing on that hand
1: yeah there's so much of this movie that relies on bruce campbell by himself beating himself up in a two-person physical comedy scene where he is both characters i think it's the best scene in the whole movie I think Ash versus his own hand is the highlight of the film. Well,
5: yeah. And, so, and it's own porn parody. <laughs> exactly. Yes.
3: <laughs> so Ash in this movie. Yes. not like the superhero that we know from Army of Darkness. Not yet. Until he gets this like the chainsaw hand.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is what up danger moment.
3: Yeah. And so he has an arc in this movie. His arc is pretty clear to me because he starts out just being fucking scared out of his mind and desperate to being in charge of the situation. He's still out of his depth a little bit because he is a, a human man versus the evil dead. But now he has a chainsaw hand and a cool hair streak and his tits are out.
1: So, I mean, like, But we're not and, there yet. He likes yeah. his white hair mostly like Rogue in the first X-Men movie. Sure, sure. But like this is part of the experience. To I me, think there's the- a clear arc with the, like, you know, you start with, like, what characters want versus what they need. Okay. And he starts out wanting to make a choice between do I keep the chainsaw or the shotgun? And he goes on a hero's journey, and he has to sacrifice part himself. And you realize that what he needed was to learn how to have a chainsaw and
5: a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Can't always get what you want. Don't okay. try sometimes.
1: Okay. So it goes from like I have to pick to I can do both and I'm like that's
2: a fucking arc right there I it's playing the tape recorder this is the professor reading from the book of the dead professor by the way nowhere to be seen we'll find out why later so this tape recorder starts playing and he starts reading from the book of the dead reads these passages that supposedly bring things back to life and summon demons you know what they do they work uh, this demon comes uh, zooming rushing through the woods and possesses his girlfriend, who then attacks him, and he beheads with a shovel. Boy, Six minutes, just, 30 seconds into the movie, he has already he beheaded his girlfriend.
1: Wildly flails his shovel out with one strike, and her head comes clean off. And one of those man,
5: sweet, sweet does she, she decompose quickly. Like, so, yeah, This no, movie he, wastes no time. See, like, she did look like she was in her 40s, and then she gets buried and 30 seconds later, she is 400 years old.
1: Like act one is four and a half minutes long in this movie.
3: Yeah. So mm-hmm. and then, like she he buries her. Then he is sent through the woods by the camera, which is <laughs> so
1: good. Wasn't that the cliffhanger ending of the first one? Him being flung through the woods and like and that's how Evil Dead ends. I don't remember. I don't remember that movie. It's like a fever dream.
3: Literally, all I remember of that movie is the tree rape <laughs> and the blue square with the moon in it. I remember that.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. The, he is he is thrown around. He's he wakes up in a puddle and then comes back to the uh, house just in time to see her revived from the dead and do a entire ballet routine outside uh, without her head, and then with her head rolling around and mm-hmm. see matches through the window, and okay. then he is attacked by her possessed dead uh, body. No,
1: we get a whole bunch of stuff of like crazy stuff. We get Bruce Campbell's insane cross-eyed face when the Deadite spirit leaves his body in the sunlight. Love that and the Deadites will leave your body at sunlight, a rule that will not come back into play or matter at all whatsoever. Absolutely. Uh we get the crazy shot that opens right on Bruce Campbell's bursting out open eyelid and then shoots straight up in the sky while spinning around.
3: <laughs> and when he wakes up from that puddle, this exact 360 camera pan is also in the Green Knight.
1: Green Knight ripped off Evil Dead 2. That's our review. And I, I think got... Green
2: Knight is like 540 degrees because it just keeps coming back around.
3: Yeah, well this one does too. Like this one was like as long as that three hundred and sixty pan that like followed all four seasons of the year to watch fucking a dev oh yeah decompose.
2: And yeah, it's got as many spins as Tony Hawk.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's Sam Raimi's whole style. In fact, Tony Hawk ripped off Sam Raimi but used exactly. a skateboard. You heard it here first. No, I'm
1: not <laughs> serious. Like there's so much that happens in this movie. This movie is like a thrill a minute. Like you've got the ghost face on the cabin yelling, join us in a creepy voice. <laughs> get Bruce Campbell's incredible acting when he like eating all of the mad painting scenery when he gets to the fucked up bridge. Yeah. Uh we <laughs> get introduced uh to Amy and her boyfriend who gives a shit about his name. Oh no Annie and Annie's super ass white boyfriend. The only thing
5: of note about Annie's boyfriend is that he got her telegram. Yeah. I didn't I even remember that. I was too busy
3: trying to like process the scene where the, the demon plane was following Bruce Campbell through the entire house yeah. into the walls where Bruno was. And then like, I don't oh, talk about Bruno. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I love Linda's head attacking Ash. And him running through the whole house, beating it on everything before finally deciding to go to the garage and put it in a clamp uh, so that he can chainsaw it. uh, Because that's the only way to get rid of of your uh, dead girlfriend's head.
1: Again, (laughs) Bruce Campbell running around this house, smashing his hand, the the head attached to his hand, all on the walls like this movie is fucking
5: hysterical. When he comes out and he falls and he trips over that barrel and stuff like that, like, it looks so good. Yeah.
1: George Romero's Three Stooges.
5: (laughs) And, like, as a clumsy person, I've definitely done shit like that. He made it look better. (laughs) Yeah. He falls over the oil barrel, just fucking like, at no
1: moment is any moment for physical comedy, not taken in this okay. film,
3: it's glorious. He fucking throws himself into us in like a flip. Yeah,
1: it's a, a like multiple like, occasion
3: yeah. over the
5: head. Yeah, <laughs> it is Charlie
1: Chaplin, Buster Keaton level. It is so good. If there was a specific award for comedy, which I guess would be the Golden Globe for comedies, <laughs> he should have gotten it.
2: Yeah, yeah he, he beats his head on everything. It's really amazing when you think about, people today talk about, oh, you know, this guy had to act against CGI. Bruce Campbell is just acting against a prosthetic head that he's beating on everything. You know, he (laughs) chainsaws his head, he goes back inside, at which point his hand starts going crazy and is possessed, and he falls to the floor and yells, you bastards, give me back my hand. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, it's amazing I, think, I love this movie so fucking much y'all
2: this is maybe my favorite scene where he looks in the mirror and says i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and then the him in the mirror pops out and grabs him by the shoulders and this is we just beheaded our, our our girlfriend
3: does that sound fine to you i love that Which, valid oh valid. my god I mean he, he seems more upset about his hand and about the bridge than he does about Linda, except for that one scene where his mirror self is like, Hey, remember you had like that murder that you did? Yeah. I that kinda love sucked.
1: the storyline in Ash vs Evil Dead season two, where again it's twenty five years later, Ash goes back to his hometown and yeah, everyone in his hometown only remembers him as the guy who killed all those people in that cabin the one time. <laughs> Like and they don't believe anything about deadites. They're just like, "Yeah, that guy's a m- fucking serial killer." <laughs> we don't know why he didn't get arrested.
3: <laughs> yeah, and we can't forget the Linda's body chainsawing itself. Yeah, that was pretty glorious. Huh?
1: Amazing. Yeah,
5: like and I love the what, variety what of blood like, here. Like, like the what? body has ichor and the blood coming from the head is a completely different color. But then, I like, mean, the body and the head are different ages, so. What and that fa-
3: has a different color hair than Linda What's
1: I mean, what yeah. was that special effect? Like, was that like a suit? Like, it felt like it had to be like a claymation, but it was interacting with Bruce Campbell and the chainsaw and the physical spreading coming out. Like, that's an incredible physical effect all on its own. Yeah,
3: the, the suit, I think, in those shots where they were in the work shed, That was a suit. But then like the whole dance was 100% claymation or or stop action. Yeah.
4: My guess would be for the body in the, in the tool shed would just be some kind of like mechanical, like a mannequin of sorts that has like tubing, like cut a certain way. So it splashes to have all that stuff come out of it. And they just pump it from the bottom. And like the arms are kind of just like on levers and they move around as it just like pushes and pulls and kind of just dances around the little space. One of the things that this movie does is it really warps your sense of like space on the interiors of these places that they go. Like the cabin is all fucked up in terms of how big the rooms are at any given time. It's like a Alice in Wonderland eating the mushrooms and eating the cookies kind of thing. There's seen me drink.
1: There seems to be an infinite number of doors. Like, no matter how many times the doors get smashed, they're always there for someone to block something with and then get smashed through again.
4: When you see, like, the outside of that cabin and you see how big it is, and then you go inside and there are bedrooms, there's a whole basement area that goes all around, like... It's a it wasn't just a, yeah, Yeah, like, it wasn't, like, a little wine cellar. Like, there was a furnace, there was a back part that was, like, didn't even have boxes.
1: It was pretty big. Yeah, I love, again, so many of my notes are just like, look at this fucking amazing facial expression Bruce Campbell makes, but his shift to over-the-top anger when he chainsaws Linda's head. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, Jim Carrey owes his entire career to Bruce Campbell.
5: Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, I love that Linda and the Linda head are different actors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's like. Wild.
3: And
2: then Greg Nigatero does a whole bunch of these things. Like, Greg Nigatero is the hand, and he's Evil Ed's hand, and he's the. <laughs> it's filled Henrietta's long neck peewee head uh,
3: <laughs>
1: at the end. Like, is that the one that's just screaming like a mug a Yeah, like, why is it making monkey sounds?
3: That's <laughs> <I don't too. laughs> it's too. It's a boss from Elden Ring. Oh, th- <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs>
4: That yeah, reminds me of uh something you would see in Dead Alive.
3: Oh yeah, that but, was very I mean, Dead Alive came out like about four years later or something, five years later, because it's nineteen ninety two. I think
4: there was a trailer for it on our Blu-ray copy of this movie that we have.
3: Oh yeah. yeah. I mean that makes sense because they're like Dead Alive is basically like a love lever love lever, love letter and a love lever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to Evil Dead Lever. Yeah. But yeah, so at this time in the film that we were talking About (laughs) Ash is fighting his own hands, and we talked a lot about this and how great it is.
1: Uh, He's just hitting himself with plate after plate, like it's Bugs Bunny and shit. And it's uh, it's amazing, it's hilarious when the hand
5: comes over and starts dragging him across the floor.
2: I (laughs) wait to introduce Ed and Annie, but then we're right back to him like beating himself over the head with plates and yeah it's really fantastic and this this bit after he knocks himself unconscious where his hand is pulling him across the floor is like it's peak physical comedy it's It's done so so good
5: and like then he follows it up with the line who's laughing now and i'm like laughing dying and i'm like (laughs) it's incredible it's me yeah it's like (laughs) i was like (laughs) <laughs> that
1: he uses the chainsaw to do it instead of the meat cleaver that is inches away from him yes. is peak Ash Campbell. Yeah, yeah the, the
2: hand is after the meat cleaver. But then he's like, what if I knifed the hand to the floor and then used a chainsaw instead
1: of just grabbing the sleep sleeper? And then just, like, wrap my stump up in a towel and then just be otherwise fine the rest of the movie.
5: Oh, my God. And I love. Okay, so there's so much blood in this movie. It's everywhere. It's gushing. It's flowing. It's glorious. We will touch on that later. But there's no arterial spray coming out of the wrist and there's no blood stains on the towel. Like. I love this movie so much. Like they have, they literally have blood gushing out of the walls. They have blood gushing out of the, out of the cellar. They have blood every, and then all of a sudden it's just, there's nothing. There's no blood.
2: I mean, that's right here where it's, we get, the hand runs into the wall and he tries to shoot it with the shotgun and the wall starts dribbling a little bit of blood. And then he goes to look at it and it just starts gushing blood and like fountains out of the wall, knocking it backwards like a fire hose.
1: That I is a, yeah, it is, they had that in my notes. It is a fire hose of blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is evil dead. Like that is, oh, like, ooh, we hit him. We, we, you hit the hand and some blood's coming out. Satisfying. Oh, no. Too much blood is coming out. Creepy. Spooky.
5: I literally wrote in, in my notes.
1: A of Im- blood? Hilarious.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Impressive lack of arterial spray from the stump. Oh, there it is. Coming from the wall. <laughs>
3: yeah. I just displaced it. It's a time space portal like (sighs) the movie
1: knows just exactly where to take something that again like 99 out of 100 movies would play totally straight and like get to like the spooky area and then be like all right now let's just take that a little bit further and it it just delivers it into straight up fucking side-splitting comedy
3: this is like w- when the you get the splash or like you get the really rough like brushstrokes in that Frazetta painting where you get like you have these very deliberate decisions of complete ridiculousness
1: that are nothing but delightful. Yeah, like this movie's plot overall is really, ra- aside from the time portal at the end, this movie's plot is really rather cliche. It's the execution that makes it an absolute one of a kind.
3: Yeah, and like I love how the movie like introduces these other characters and is like, okay, so here's some other characters. You don't want to look at them though. No. Yeah.
1: yeah. These characters only exist so they can then like become deadites for yeah. Astrid yeah. the dealer.
3: But they're so, like, still memorable, which is also like that movie touch. Yeah.
1: Well, to, to speak to that, this is the
2: point actually where Annie and Ed that's his name, Ed, have gotten to the other side of the bridge and it's blocked off by this guy in a truck. And they're like, Hey, we need to cross the bridge. He's like, you can't cross the bridge. It's not there. And that, that guy is Luke or is Jake. Jake. And then we meet his girlfriend question mark, Bobby Joe, who is our, uh, lovely chaspiting other character who, uh, they both suggest that, oh yeah, they can, uh, show them the way. To get to this thing by trails because the only road is out and uh you know she agrees that she'll pay them a hundred dollars if jake will carry her luggage he just sees her you know over the shoulder bag and her case her glass case of pages from the book of the dead and but that's like, oh yeah i got that and then of course he has to comedically carry luggage on his back like this is an actual animated movie this joke doesn't
1: work because this feels like an actual pg kids movie level of comedy <laughs> joke and not like weird turning horror movie tropes to just like an absurd degree i like know I the rest think of the comedy
2: sam from. raimi the point of like you know, when we were talking about drag me to hell and there's like the goat puppet that's yelling at, them at that point, <laughs> that's fair. I mean, there.
3: There's a lot of like cartoon logic here, like straight up cartoon logic and just cartoon progression and, when the hand is in the mouse hole. And I love how like he, the hand goes for the mouse hole and there is a mouse in the mouse hole because we need to know that it is a mouse hole, right? You no. Know? It is like straight up elementary school logic of like, okay, so then there was the hand and it goes and there's a mouse and then it goes in the wall and then he tried to shoot it like it's some X cop ship and I love it.
1: So much I think of why I was way harsher to drag me to hell than I probably should have been is because I was comparing it, it very explicitly to this movie <laughs> and this movie is just too high a bar for most and damn near anything to reach.
3: I mean I think Drag Me to Hell had some other issues like the racisms, but, <laughs> but that'll do it but there was a lot going on in Drag Me to Hell like this like the fact that this movie completely did just had no tree rape yeah i was like yeah.
1: thank you i think i had le- like i think i had low tolerance for the cgi in drag me to hell cuz my attitude was so much i know what you can do with practical effects
3: yeah I mean, and it's hard, but it's hard to, to make a movie like Drag Me to Hell with the practical effects because there's, CGI has had a rough adolescence in film. And with movies like the Dino Lorenzo stuff, which is very, like, theatrical, it's very, mm-hmm. it, it's all incredible staging. And, you know, it feels like a like it's an opera. And we don't have to worry about the the setting we're not thinking about like complex settings and all that kind of shit. We're worried about the characters, and we care about the characters. And the background will be what it needs to be at the time, which is a matte painting or a house that is full of is like labyrinthine, full of rooms and pipes and doors, and the desk that nothing happens to because that desk needs to stay intact for the the plot to happen. so with a movie like driving to hell it doesn't really have that solid it tries to like but that the the woman's house that fucking amazing house that she has the summons a demon in is really cool and you know i feel like that's kind of the sam raimi with that that history there that is coming through but that movie is definitely not about like it's not as operatic as something like Evil Dead or Army of Darkness as much as they are like just straight slapstick comedy.
5: Well, I think for me, one of the things that really works about this is that it is simple, you know, and it's something that's simple but well executed. So they take something they're not trying. They're not overreaching. They're not trying to do like a huge epic story. They, the focus here is the directorial approach yeah. and Bruce Campbell as an actor and a, with the physical comedy and, and his physicality coming across. And the story is almost secondary to the rest of the focus for this movie. Right. And that's, I think where it shines.
1: Yeah. It's like all these incredible little moments, like, Oh, when the hand is going through the mouth, the different mouse holes and it's just waiting impatiently drumming its fingers, waiting for Ash to reload And when it flips him off? Yeah, after it it accidentally walks into a mousetrap. Ah! Yeah. And then then Ash laughs at it. Like, like, how quickly Ash goes from, like, give me back my hand to fuck this hand. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, got that, I suck.
2: (laughs) It does hit him with literally everything in the kitchen between those two reactions.
1: Like, and then after that, I feel like this is when the house is like, man, you've done, like, you cut off your girlfriend. You cut off your own hand. You dealt with just the fire hose of fluids.
5: Wanna hang out? Okay, this is why we don't have taxidermied animals because that shit got creepy, and I loved it. But no,
1: Ash <laughs> like, just like
2: laughing. The head was laughing. He's having a grand old time.
5: Yeah, it's so much angles.
1: Um, yeah, Ash is just like bouncing up and down like he's old school Mickey Mouse standing still like oh my
5: god when he was <laughs> dancing with the lamp with the lamp he's like yes. ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where
3: the rest of the movie finds him having this moment and then yeah. the, he he's having like he's finally laughing along like he's appreciating beat him join him <laughs> yeah
2: there's a knock at the door and the first thing he does is shoot it
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean
5: I do not blame him but that's actually
1: like that's what Sets Ash apart for pretty much like every horror movie protagonist, like we've ever covered, short of arguably, um, like ready or not and mayhem. Is that Ash Campbell is a horror movie protagonist who, no matter how otherworldly or horrific or dangerous what he's faced with, he will always respond with overwhelming violence.
3: <laughs> We're just overwhelming like 100% anything. Like with the laughter, he's like, okay, yeah, I'm into it. Okay. Again, commitment. Yeah.
1: Like when, all, like, like when at these monsters that every protagonist we cover runs, hides, does something, Ash Campbell has a fucking axe and it's just fucking swinging like crazy. Like, I don't <laughs> think a horror movie is just prepared for an Ash Campbell, someone who's just like, who will just go, like, the level of violence that other horror movie protagonists have to go through an entire movie's arc to get through? Like to get be like, yes, now I am capable of the violence that will save me. Yeah ash is there at like minute five of this
5: movie well, he, when even when he chops off his girlfriend's head yeah
3: yeah <laughs> but all of this is kind of bumbling he's like kind of bumbling through it and super desperate like he's donald duck yes most of this movie, movie his he
1: his arc is not i'm incapable of doing violence and oh and now after surviving i can do violence his arc is just refining the violence that was always
3: there. <laughs> yeah, he goes from.
1: I became better
3: at it. He goes from Donald Duck to Darkwing Duck. <laughs>
1: yeah! <laughs> oh my and God, then, that I is character dark. I was going <laughs> was, I was to say he goes from Disney Donald Duck to Kingdom Hearts Donald Duck.
3: Kingdom Hearts Donald Duck is still, you know. Yeah. He just goes...
1: thematically <laughs> <laughs> one of the strongest mages in the Final Fantasy lore. Yeah. Well. He could do Zeta Flare. Okay,
2: so as we said, the rest of the party arrives at this point. Ash immediately shoots them. Uh, he doesn't mean to. He gets uh, Bobby Joe through the door and then gets tackled immediately by the uh, guys of the party, beaten up and then thrown in the cellar. Which, and they, again,
1: Another great piece of physical comedy of Bruce Campbell falling down these stairs. Yeah. They padlock him in there, and then uh, they decide to
2: go play the rest of this reel the reel to find out what's happened. And we hear the rest of the professor's story that when he read this thing that was supposed to summon demons, it summoned a demon that then possessed his wife and he had to kill her and bury her in the base or in the cellar, which is where Ash now is. And she is, this demon is uh, really good at timing. So on hearing that they uh, introduce her, she pops up and starts attempting to eat Ash. As far as I can tell, she is really full on going after his base. He's, you know, trying to climb back up backwards up the stairs fighting her. Up.
1: Yeah, this is <laughs> Henrietta, who is the main deadite of the movie. And as we said, is primarily played by Ted Ramey, who is just amazing.
5: Yes. Like, yeah, just
1: amazing. glorious. Yeah,
2: she's she only actually played by the, Henrietta's actress for a brief moment as she is trying to convince her daughter that she's actually fine. As, as they're getting Ash out of here, uh, good old Jake gets bitten, and or gets what happens to Jake? Jake gets something done to him.
3: Jake, oh, the, I'm pretty sure the demon throws. If this is with the part where she, she no, that's later face,
1: and she's trying no, to don't, pick don't try man. to figure out the rules of the deadites. Yeah, Jake? yeah. okay. okay. Try, oh. no, there, there's no don't try to figure out the rules. No,
3: Jake is not possessed. Ed gets possessed. Well, yeah, Ed, Ed sorry, gets possessed. It, Jake pulls Ash by his head yes. out of the basement. Henrietta starts coming out of the basement and they like try to kick her back in.
1: Well, it goes full circle because Jake is then later killed when Henrietta grabs his head and pulls him in by the head. It's true. So there's some u- mutual head pulling going on.
5: Jake gets stabbed by Annie, which is one of my favorite. Yes, That's that is amazing. one of my favorite scenes because uh it actually deeply reminds me of the Evil Dead the musical and is my favorite song in Evil Dead the musical which is Well how God damn it woman You stabbed me <laughs> Well how hilarious is it?
1: Like Deadite Bruce is attacking in that scene and she's trying to like, close
5: the door and she just keeps slamming the door on, <laughs> gut Stab Jake. And then, and then she's straight, again. right in his face for him when she's like, she's pulling him after she's like unstabbed him. She's pulling him out of danger or whatever and he's like screaming in pain and she's like, shut up! Like right in his face. It's the fucking
1: hilarious. Listeners, Jake does not be stabbed with like a normal kitchen knife. No. This is a sharpened human spine, as far as I can tell.
3: It just really Ritual shot. knife. Yes. Yeah. Ed gets possessed after the eyeball goes into the mouth, which we, we never deal with again.
2: We get the really iconic him dancing and her uh, dancing under the uh, trapdoor door, screaming,
3: Dead by dawn, I'm dead by dawn. <laughs> and he is dancing in the air and dangling, and they're all screaming, dead by dawn. And
1: uh, My yeah. favorite part about ed being a deadite is the way he just like glides completely sideways in order to start biting billy joe's hair
3: pulling it out
5: and then
1: your th- chunk of her hair like if there's just something easy. just to have, like a sideways glide that just fucking got me <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah he's made people like glide sideways
5: and he's so not, like sideways right. he's like that's bad hair i'm gonna just bite it off
1: yeah <laughs> like and he this- zooms sideways it's like normally i feel like it's a forward back kind of thing not so much the left to right he
3: also pulls jake up tosses jake into the ceiling where he breaks his head on a light bulb or breaks a light bulb on his head otherwise fine yes because then ed is dispatched and this house is going crazy again and it's making every noise and i know it's every noise because it was described in the captions. and then finally this crescendo tapers off into just uh boom 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 there's a zombie in my room
5: i love the direction of this too though with the people and you get the, the two pairs of people looking at every noise yeah there's like it's all close up it's all choreographed it, it's, it's just moving
1: live. concert rapid close-ups on things making noises that's it's some fucking comic book shit yeah it's so good
3: and then when they go into the, they're like trying to figure out whether they're going to go into the bedroom. Like it's the fucking cellar. But <laughs> in fact, they go in there. Annie and Ash go in there. And they encounter Annie's dad, Dan Hicks's character, whose name is, fuck, I don't remember. <laughs> Professor. <laughs> yeah, his name no. is, is, is Professor.
1: Really the projection on a wall.
3: Everybody loves Raymond. He's dressed up. Like he's in the fucking cabinet of Dr. Caligari and he's like projected on the wall, which is like, it's so random because it's like every other aesthetic. Of the, I mean, this movie has every like fucking zombie crazy art aesthetic in it. And it, of course, because it's a cartoon, it has like spooky Dracula, silent movie ghost dad. Like
4: It's very old school Disney, like that that yeah. uh, Disney short of Mickey and Donald
1: and Goofy going into the haunted house. I'm not going to lie, silent movie Ghost Dad definitely sounds like the title of a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> we, one, one that I, plus and this, one that I yeah. definitely would have watched in 2002. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay, so and then Ghost Dad is like, you got to use the book to dispel the evil.
2: He's like, you got to read the other part. I only read the part that summons the demon. You got to read the two well, parts. One of them brings the demon into physical form and the other one it uh, sends the demon back through this portal to a different time
1: and place. I got to call this professor out again. It's called Demon Resurrection. <laughs> what the fuck did you think was going to happen?
5: Well, you know,
3: if they could sing it here, they could sing it back.
5: <laughs> but thanks for that exposition, Demon Ghost Dad. Yeah. <laughs> hey,
1: if you're going through a spell book and one of them's called Demon Resurrection, skip that one.
5: Yeah, maybe so we don't read that it. one out loud. I mean, you know what? Maybe we just maybe we just put a pin in that one. Yeah. Push that one to the side. Maybe you don't open that box. So
1: uh, I'll give Jay credit for his delivery on the line. Baby, I ain't holding your hand. Ah, yeah, that was a good
2: line. <laughs> anyway,
1: the return of the evil
2: hand. It chases. She then proceeds to run off into the woods because of this hand um, where she is then. Seized by this evil tree, and luckily in this case, uh, just eaten. It seems she is not. Yeah, yeah, she's not assaulted by this tree. Just very,
3: just
1: pretty- very nice of these trees to just murder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, big those, trees. They learn about the portal. Oh, we get the picture of. Uh, someone in the 1300s holding a chainsaw uh, and shotgun, yes. and ash is looking at that just being like i don't know what that is that that guy doesn't look familiar clearly we're in <laughs> blue shirt that Ash, is- right right ash not looking at us flipping the page to so just a big neon sign that says foreshadowing yeah <laughs> so ed wants to not ed because ed's dead yeah uh, uh so dead, jake baby. wants to <laughs> go out and Find Billy Joe about like over Ash's protest that they need to stay here until it's uh, until it's daybreak, and we just get Bruce Campbell's incredible delivery on the line. No, you idiot!
5: <laughs> and then Poppy Joe, or not Poppy Joe, but Jake becoming extremely pugnacious.
1: Yes, this is where we get our what if man was the real evil. Oh, yeah. no- <laughs> I guess. At which point they go outside to look for Bobby
2: Joe and Ash gets repossessed. He gets possessed a second time, which he is only able eventually to shake off when he finds Linda's necklace Necklace? on the ground and is like, oh, the great love that I had for this character who died in the first five minutes has redeemed me
1: from this demon. So I guess the message here is that Henrietta didn't love her daughter and I'm going to like pretend that there are rules and be like oh there's different rules if you're possessed as a dead person versus if you're possessed as an alive person the real answer is fuck the rules yeah don't fucking goddamn matter this is evil dead too motherfuckers exactly i mean that's my analysis
2: in the midst of this ash attacks jake and jake is eaten by the house the trapdoor (laughs) eats jake as it pulls him down into the uh into the cellar and sprays blood everywhere um, but it doesn't
5: it. land anywhere.
1: Yes, after yeah. we get our great, like, gut stab and door smashing and yelling at the gut stab manager, shut up.
3: Yeah. Well, at least Jake is taken care of at that point.
2: Yeah. He's not before dying, have thrown the rest of the pages of the Necronomicon that they need to make this demon take form and then to kill it. They've thrown them down to the cellar. So there's only one way that Ash can possibly proceed into the cellar. And that is that he has to go out to the tool shed, strap this chainsaw to his uh, arm where his severed hand used to be, get the shotgun, and uh, go full tilt after this. Let me get this quick zoom up on him with the
1: groovy.
5: Yes,
2: I love it. That's all of Army of Darkness. Yeah, Army of Darkness is blood,
1: blood, 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 one liner. <laughs>
5: yeah,
1: and it's like this is what? our action hero moment. Like, he like he saws off the shotgun, and it's like, Yeah, both. this is what it's about. Shit's about to get real. Mm-hmm. Art, yeah. he's
2: giving Just saw off the shotgun, either. He partially saw it and then break it over his
1: knee. <laughs> this is like we have now moved from like. He has always been an action survivor. The emphasis has now shifted from survivor to action.
3: This whole chainsaw arm situation sings to me of the reverse engineering an OC into a story. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yes. This is also my theory behind everything with the Darksaber in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Mandalorian and a Jedi, and his lightsaber is black, and it's a katana.
3: <laughs> the, the, this is like straight up Drista word and shit, like OP. But in this case, it's so fucking delightful. And as a character introduction, it is d- deserved. I mean, it's not just like fucking random and any more than anything else. It's like much less random than the fucking weird stone with the weird spine dagger. Yes. Um, uh,
1: <laughs> where did that come from?
3: It, I was it just like, showed like, up, I guess. Yeah. Like no one, they they were all what a weird about, paperweight. Like,
2: it well, came with a book, you know, when you, like, pre-order a book? Well, it was the Kickstarter stretch goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he pre-ordered the Necronomicon, so when it came out, he got the weird dagger, too.
5: I like it. <laughs> and uh, instead
3: of <laughs> enamel, <laughs> Yes. Well, also, like, the book was separate from those pages. So, like, those pages were definitely, like, DLC, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's <Yes>.
2: true. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Flash proceeds was speaking of the pages. He proceeds down to the cellar to get the pages. A- yeah, he has a fetch quest into the basement to uh, find all the, all of the pages, and we get the great zombie acting of "I'll swallow your soul"
5: <laughs> in the weirdly gourd decorated basement. Like, why are there gourds hanging everywhere? Because like, gonna- everything's
1: Wait. just dangling ah. from the ceiling. I'm like, oh, I don't like that.
5: It's her fruit cellar.
3: What's this boy doing in my fruit cellar? Uh, it's
5: cellar in cellar. my fruit cellar. <laughs> <laughs> I've run out of fruit, so now I eat souls. I yeah. have. <laughs> That's where she keeps her souls. In the gourds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't you have gourds in your pantry? Just hanging? I mean, me, myself, I prefer little glass jars, but it's my aesthetic. Yeah,
3: I mean, like, you can be a cottage witch or a sea witch. I
1: live on the fourth floor of a brick rectangle.
3: Listen, you, that doesn't mean you can't be aesthetic, though.
5: Sea hag is Look not at all aesthetic. Your plants.
1: The <laughs> only plants you can keep in my apartment are ones that hang from the ceiling because otherwise my cat will destroy any plant within reach.
3: Mm-hmm. Also, philodendron and pothos are not good for cats. So that's very good. They are unreachable. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Sorry, which musketeers?
5: Uh, <laughs> Violet Edrim?
1: Porthos and D'Artagnan.
5: Terrible for cats. Yeah. Really bad. Very I thought
1: it was Fine. Porthos and D'Artagnan, right out.
5: Right out. They're evil to cats. They're cat kickers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I feel flawless. like that was one of my first real betrayals and when I learned never to trust the advertising was when I read Three Musketeers. I'm like, there's four of these motherfuckers. <laughs>
3: How fucking dare you?
5: <laughs> How very dare? How dare? Dare, dare they? Like
1: turning red. Who are these hip hoppers, and why are they called four Town if there are five of
2: them? Uh, I don't know.
1: The the monkey sounds when, oh, like the chimp oh. sounds when Henrietta's head extends, and then it's just like. God, there's head, head-butting. Like, this is a full-on fucking, like, kaiju battle, it feels, like, with the suits.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, this is, like, this is directly homaged to use the British pronunciation in uh, Dead Alive. It's pronounced
5: home <laughs> oh, Sorry. Oh, that hurt my heart. i thought it It's home Oh, God. You guys are so mean. Huh? It's
1: home-agey. No, home <laughs> this might be oh, a- that's what Naruto wanted to grow up to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's my
2: favorite class to play in DnD. I
5: mean, I'll give you that.
3: In a lot of video games, that's your only option if you're a girl is a homage. True. Yikes! And I mean that. Wait, let me see what my
2: mage hand
1: does.
3: Oh, play Dragon's Crown.
1: Well, look, I try my best to play as a home monk. They say you can't be a slutty monk, and I say, watch me,
3: watch me. Hold that's on, the deep. best kind of monk. you can't have all those clothes get in the way when you're fucking like using the Buddhist palm to, to, to explode people. I like to be a straight-up slutty barbarian, so oh yeah, well that's like the only kind of barbarian that is allowed, exactly.
1: Oh man, so what's oh, better—the chimpanzee sounds Henrietta makes while alive. Or the deflated balloon sound that happens after her head is cut off.
5: (laughs) I'm really a fan of the deflated balloon sound. The the deflated
3: balloon sound, like, I feel like she was straight up supposed to be farting. Like, I was, was (laughs) this is just now fart humor, and I'm like, oh, whatever, man, I'm into it. It's happened so fast that I couldn't really, I'm like, is she farting? Oh, wait, no, something else is happening. But
5: And we have also, like, skimmed right entirely past When Trees Attack, the evil ent story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll attack the house.
1: Well, no, don't forget, we get... The, the another great Ash Williams uh, one-liner of Swallow This. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ash makes the same mistake that Saruman did. Forgot about the
5: ends. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, he, see. he forgot about the first movie. I got to say, this movie would be very different with Christopher Lee in the role. And Lord of the Rings with Bruce Campbell as Saruman, also quite different.
3: Oh, Dare to Dream. Yeah, don't tease me with these possibilities. (laughs) What the world would have given us. He's got that gray streak. I mean, he's got, what, what, Christopher Lee?
1: (laughs) Christopher Lee would have been on the set of this movie and been like, have you ever actually cut off a woman's head with a shovel? (laughs) Now it's like, because I do. I know, right?
3: (laughs) Christopher Lee, I think Christopher Lee would be the, like, if there was an like Indiana Jones Temple of Doom kind of situation with Ash Williams and he had to like do shit with his dad then Christopher Lee would have to be his dad would mm-hmm. basically be like the slightly less like animated version of him I'm here for it yeah who's like he who every so often just like pulls out a banger of either like summons fucking birds to destroy deadites or some shit or like start, and then he like straight up like pulls out a fucking set of bagpipes and sings them back into hell
1: I'm gonna say in Ash vs. Evil Dead we did eventually get to meet Ash's dad and they got Lee Majors to play Brock <laughs> William that's true. right that's right
3: well it's true.
5: right but also is annie actually the real horror the real hero of the story because i mean she's the one who's reading that incantation even after she's stabbed to death annie's
2: real problem is she doesn't read fast enough she didn't turn a page quickly she's like let me summon the demon into physical form and then great for a little
3: bit and then just like hang out lamp
2: she somehow managed to get stabbed against all physical odds by a hand connected <laughs> to anything. It, it done that hand <laughs> has done some sort of insane jujitsu to get up here. It did some yeah, sort that of at the wall and flip and
1: of mobility <laughs> is taken up holding the dagger. Yeah, it had to like kicked it up in the air, then jumped off the run off the wall, and then caught the dagger in the air and then stabbed her down. Yeah, that hand, like was- you said some real Naruto shit. Yeah, yeah. that hand was capable of that. I fully believe that the hand was capable of that and more. It temporarily became Michelle Yeoh's hand. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
2: so Ash is in the clutches of this giant evil tree thing that is the embodiment of this demon. Our, our girl Annie continues to read one word at a time as she dies on the floor. <laughs> and uh the, the lowest f- ass oh. reader. It opens up the portal and pulls Ash in along with the uh, demon creature and also Ash's
1: color. And they go through the uh, the Willy Wonka horror tunnel.
3: (laughs) The fucking, like they're trying to do the 2001 Shoes Odyssey shit with with, fucking Christmas lights. (laughs) (laughs) the fucking the wires on the Christmas (laughs) lights. So good. Uh,
2: Remember, this is almost all filmed in the gym of a, a school in. North Carolina here,
1: uh, um, fantastic.
2: Yeah, so uh, yes, the evil hand, the evil hand finishes off Annie, and uh, it drops our boy Ash in the middle of the. I guess they said thirteen hundreds. Is that right? Yes, thirteen hundreds.
3: Uh, and but he's also gone to Europe.
5: That's an important thing to mention. Yes, because thirteen hundreds United States might look different.
2: Yeah, specifying where this castle is. I mean, it's theoretically doing English As, stuff, but it could literally be anywhere.
5: Castle, to United States,
1: <laughs> yeah. Castle okay. generic Western Europe, yeah. Again, like little
3: kid logic.
2: The original <laughs> Best Western dropped in there, and uh, there there proceed to be some some knights that are ready to kill him for being a deadite, and then a real deadite attacks, and he chainsaws its head off. I I do want to give Bruce, Wo- uh, Bruce Willis. I do want to give Bruce <laughs> Cable credit for the uh, amazing thing that Ash does, which is start a chainsaw with his mouth, which is really incredible physical movie. Even just from an acting perspective of going <laughs> with his teeth,
1: that <laughs> alone will get you a lot of views on Tiktok these days
2: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: a, and only fans. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Ash Williams would have a crazy only fans. I gotta
3: say, <laughs> um, I'm here for it. Like at the end of the movie, when he's like, after he's almost killed by the fucking witch. Yeah. And his like arm is out, and he's like extra sexy. Like that's another thing He said he is the most sexualized character in this film. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, when he's got the ripped up shirt yeah. and all the tits oh, oh, out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he got his tits out. Oh, it's some real like suns out, guns out, tits out. Right. Yeah. yeah.
3: None
2: of none of the female characters uh, tits are out until they are CGI zombies.
1: That's yeah. not that's not a good look. It's
5: not yeah. good. No. Yeah. Also, those are specifically
1: not sexualized tits. Unlike Bruce Campbell's very sexualized tits, yeah, yeah. that literally glisten. Again, that North Carolina sweat. Like, yeah, you, you don't need oil when you got that North Carolina heat. <laughs> I figured this
2: scene in the sand has to be somewhere else because there's no sand like this in, in North Carolina, unless they.
3: Yeah, this was the Detroit part. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it wasn't. It was also filmed in Detroit, so it's <laughs> North Carolina Detroit. So I assume this is uh, maybe Detroit. <laughs> desert
1: true. Like, I'm really not sure which western european desert this is supposed to be. In. Yeah. Right? I get I guess it could be Spain, right? Like yeah, I'm like this we got to be in the Iberian Peninsula.
3: It's like, it's Europe and he can speak european. it's Bruce
1: Campbell. Yes, because yeah, ash mean, looked what, like an European
2: language doesn't understand. Give me some sugar, baby.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure he would have been here like Muslim ruled Spain. <laughs> army of darkness goes very differently
3: right like he would fucking like team up with the mathematicians and that's how they fucking do the time shit because ah. they actually know how science yes
2: he chops the head off of the flying deadite and they all hail him as the slayer of deadites and uh i think we're supposed to believe that he realizes that he is the man of legend but that doesn't seem in keeping with ash he's too much of a
1: dummy to pull that off i think yeah. Well he starts snuck sma- yeah. No, 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 which yeah. might be because his car got wrecked mostly.
3: He's also surrounded by like these tools and fucking armor. And he probably thinks that he just got transported to a LARP. <laughs> 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 which like some LARPs are okay. Exactly. Yeah, but it was it is a very like the planet of the apes kind of moment.
2: <laughs> sort of kind. Not of. nearly as much as the end of Army of Darkness, but
1: I mean, in general, I would be very upset to discover that I've traveled to an era without penicillin.
3: Yeah, that would be where everyone has syphilis. It's just like part of life.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Without indoor plumbing. Yeah. Without a basic concept of sanitation.
3: That's why he would have been a lot better off that Muslim Iberian Peninsula.
5: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They had their shit together comparatively. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Get your ass
3: to the Ottoman Empire. They actually have infrastructure.
1: Um, Is there anyone out there who's like, we got to bring back the Ottoman Empire. We need to to re-raise the banner of the Ottoman Golden Age. Ikea. (laughs) Uh, I see what you did there.
5: Yes, love that.
1: (laughs) That's the movie. Is it feminist? No. No, it's not. Uh, it It doesn't have tree rape, so... Yeah, it's yeah. not by it's, that metric.
3: It's not as not feminist as the other installations in this particular franchise. Whereas this movie does not overly sexualize its female characters; they still have absolutely no agency or like really anything interesting about them to speak of, other than being like.
2: And he knows uh, how to read ancient Sumerian.
3: Yeah, she she is kind of the MVP, even though she you know is doomed. But like Ash. Again, is the most sexualized, and the all the zombies are ladies and they kick ass. Except for when Ash is a zombie and he doesn't kick ass as much.
5: No, When is the really lady it's
2: Ted Raimi?
1: Yeah, so we're saying our most feminist character in the movie is Henrietta. Ted Raimi. Well, <laughs> and <laughs> Linda's it's a big red Woman of the year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Linda's zombie soda is fucking legendary with her Mm -hmm. fucking dance in her head and everything. Like, she gets gets killed, but it's not easily. Like, she holds her own. Yeah, she manages to hold her own chainsaw in her body. But anyway. So does this movie provide
5: good representation for people with physical disability? I'm going to say just across the board, representation-wise, the answer is kind of no. I mean, he does
2: technically have a prosthetic. It is a chainsaw, it- and he is quite able with it. He is arguably better equipped after losing a hand than he is
1: beforehand. To take oh, it. That He's is much, true. much better with the chainsaw hand. Yes. Um, so, maybe. <laughs> you may, you may maybe. have, a you might have this mean, one. You're even. not
4: wrong. <laughs> If anything, the movie says disability won't stop you from killing evil. Yeah, and I, that's true. And I like that.
1: If anything, disability will give you more room to equip more weapons at a time.
3: It depends on the weapon, but like, you know, they're creative.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: I will say, though, I've never had a real life conversation, any sort of like deeper, important conversation about somebody and their experience with losing a limb where they said it was any sort of opportunity to get like a chainsaw hand.
1: I mean, I've never been in a conversation with anyone about their last limb, but. That is true. I've never talked to anyone who's been like, look, all things considered, it ended up working out because now I got this sweet harpoon hand. And, that's, <laughs> and that really helps in the workplace. Uh, is there LGBT representation in this movie? I don't know. No. 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 Is there class issues in this movie? Ash is just showing up in a random cabin he knows nothing about? Is that class related? I
3: mean, the, the difference between... The L- Billy ben. bobby joe and annie and like the, the yeah people there's a bit of a class thing there but
5: it's not exactly a deep conversation
3: no it's mostly like they're different and they all suck
5: yeah
1: so uh okay then would y'all recommend this movie i know i should
5: thousand percent yes
1: it's a I, classic it's an absolute classic
5: million percent
2: yeah i would this is the most recommendable of the trilogy i think like
5: mm-hmm.
0: it's, it's a, the
2: first i mean the Army of Darkness is great. It is its own thing. It's not so much a horror movie as it is sort of an action comedy. And Evil Dead is some of this done worse. Um, <laughs> and Worse and less less weird and less fun. So I think, you know, a lot of people, you want to watch things in order and that's fine if you really feel like you need to. But you don't really need to watch the first Evil Dead. And you certainly don't need to watch the Evil Dead remake.
3: No, um, It's weird because Army of Darkness, I remember seeing a lot more. Like people would watch it a lot yeah. more. Because probably because it was just so funny and dumb.
2: It was so highly um, new at that point, too.
5: I mean, you know, well, when did it come out?
2: Army of Darkness Dur- this is early 90- 90?
5: Yeah, 90. Yeah, 90, something like that.
4: I must be misremembering the remake of Evil Dead pretty hard because earlier tonight I was like, it's awesome. and then i'm listening like i'm reading the temperature of the room here and i'm like oh boy steve your memories failed you again
3: (laughs) i haven't seen it i just know that like it can't live up to this
4: i saw it i guess when it first hit like dvd or blu-ray or something don't remember i remember it being visually appealing it just in in terms of like bloodshed and whatnot, but I don't, I don't remember all the ins and outs that you've mentioned tonight and now I'm kind of rethinking my position on the movie and also the kind of thing where I don't feel curious about going to rewatch it to make sure I think I'll just skip it.
2: I, I I will tell you, I wrote pretty extensively after watching the remake because I I was a fan of the original evil dead stuff. And I was like, I want to give this a try. At that point, I had already seen uh, "Don't Breathe," which is not the best way to go into a, a movie by that director. But I was very specifically annoyed by the fact that that first, like, the that they just felt the need to make what was a silly premise in the original just the darkest. It really reminds me of Jeff Johns this movie, of of like. The way that Jeff Johns has a tendency to take what are goofy origin stories and turn them into super tragic, extremely violent stories in ways that are not fun for me that, that felt what this was like is that they, then they took this beginning to this and made it super dark and about drugs and everything. And then they took sort of every beat that was sort of fun in Evil Dead 2 and made it hyper-violent. All three of the women who appear in this movie get possessed at some point and like just sort of completely lose any autonomy. Our main character does get tree raped, does have like a demon black thing shoved up her by a tree and then both of the other women, one of whom is possessed and then they're very vivid th- about the fact that she pisses herself on screen immediately after being possessed.
5: What
1: kind of bullshit is this? Right, this is sounding a lot like yeah from the director of Don't Breathe.
2: Yeah, wow. and, and then the other one is you know also immediately possessed and starts cutting herself and yeah, it's I like the idea of this. The two. This doesn't sound fun. Are the like, only ones that like have any sort of. The deadites aren't
1: to just, like, scare you. They're trying to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, and let I me... Mean, like, like
3: Halloween Town.
2: The The <laughs> female lead, who is the one getting off of drugs in the movie, ends up playing sort of the ash part where she ends up facing off against the summoned demon at the end and comes out on top. So she has, like, a a winning moment at the end. But everything to get to that point is just so much...
1: Does it end with her getting flung through a time portal? No. Then what's the fucking point? I mean, <laughs> the,
2: the best part about this movie, and what's maybe most disappointing about it, is there is a post credits blip of Ash Williams showing up. And then they didn't make the sequel that was supposed to bring Ash into like this world with these new characters, which I honestly was probably better, but like yeah. It didn't.
1: That would have been, it, that sounds like it would have been a real tonal car crash. Yeah. <laughs>
2: seriously. Yeah. Trying to fit Ash into that world would have been a real mess.
4: Yeah.
2: They're remaking it again, aren't they? They're working on that right now. So they're doing a semi sequel one that theoretically takes place, I think, in the same continuity as the remake, but does not feature the main character from that movie. It's about a right. different group of kids that go to the thing.
1: Well, all I can say is I hope yeah. they remember to have some kind of sense of humor because mm-hmm. an evil dead that takes itself entirely seriously, what what's the fucking point? Yeah, it's just a mediocre horror film. We've got exactly horror movies that take themselves deathly seriously are literally a dime a dozen. A movie with the tone of Evil Dead 2, like, that's a fucking gem. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, a remake of Evil Dead 2 should be so far away from what the tone of that movie is
1: and so much closer to what, like, a malignant is. Like, a remake of Evil Dead should, like, start Channing Tatum.
2: (laughs) (laughs) His shirt just gets shredded in the first two minutes of the movie.
5: Yeah, just like a
1: big, dumb himbo who can just respond to any problem with overwhelming violence.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. A John Cena would even work, I feel like.
5: Oh, that, yes.
2: I'd, yeah, I'd, that I'd see would see that. That. watch. Yeah. The physical comedy of a definitely yeah, I think, would yep. really do that. There it is. Yeah. Nailed
5: it. That's I, the one. And you
2: yep. can still have a yep. female lead. They just also need to be funny. Yes. You know? Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah uh-huh.
2: That wasn't my problem with that movie at all because it has Jane Levy, the same actress who's the main character in Don't Breathe. Who is good is the main character in Evil Dead, the remake. But again, everything else about the movie is not to my taste. Yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, so, so we do
1: recommend Evil Dead too. Yeah, the remake. Though. So, what would we recommend? If you all enjoyed Evil Dead too, what would you recommend? Or just what have you been watching and you want people to check out? I've hey, got oh, go a list.
5: <laughs> go no, you after you, honey.
4: I think I've mentioned this movie before on the show because it just, it applies to so many that we talk about, but if you want weird shit happening in the middle of nowhere, check out Mandy. Yes. Nicolas Cage.
0: Yes.
5: That
4: is a, you want to talk about a modern movie that is visually just splendiferous from every imaginable angle and is able to take its wild premise and have fun with it. There is so much wackiness going on in that like brutal weird movie that it's one it's one of the only like modern movies that even comes close to doing something like what Evil Dead was doing back in the day. I don't think anybody else has been able to get there. I think Evil Dead 2 stands on its own as this Looney Tunes horror movie that is unique, but if you want isolation, weirdness, trippiness, hallucinogenic stuff like that, like weird shit going on, check out Mandy. Mandy's Mandy's real good.
3: I I wholeheartedly agree. Like, that's a really inspired recommendation because Mandy is like we talk about the Dina De Laurentiis aesthetic
5: mm-hmm.
3: and this is Panos Cosmatos, who was also doing a, like he did the Beyond the Black Rainbow, which was kind of a snoozer, but Mandy is everything like I feel like all the Black Ramo could walk so Mandy could run and it is definitely like the evil dead of this decade it just commits and there's like fucking weird animation there's a
5: chainsaw sword fight yeah and there's no like
4: there's demons there's hell portals like there's all kinds of it's
5: crazy. so weird I love it it's and bonkers it is entirely
3: self-indulgent and it also like in this postmodern way where it's just like unabashedly weird. Like you have that adventure time
5: weirdness. Yeah. Like the first 40 minutes of this movie, you're just sort of like, what? Yeah. And then the next, you're just like, how did we get from there to here? Okay. And then the yeah. last 20 or so, you're just like, no, it doesn't even matter. Again, <laughs> it's like, it, does matter. It's like Bondesine,
3: Like <laughs> it's straight up Bondesine kind of stuff where you're, like you start this movie with some character development, and then suddenly, except it doesn't start with the fucking crazy world shit. You know, it ends in fucking Jupiter. Like it it's I love that movie.
5: It's a very weird yeah. movie. It's great. That's a good recommendation.
4: We watched that on our honeymoon in Jamaica with all of the like the all the windows open and everything, and everybody could hear all the craziness happening.
5: As we do. I would very much recommend Easel Dead the musical. You should definitely sit in the splatter zone because all of that glorious blood splatter and like Arterial spray out of the set is definitely coming at you. You have to wear a poncho and the music is amazing. <laughs> I'm not like a musical person, like I don't typically recommend musicals, but every now and then you get one and it's great and this is one of them. So, if you're a theater goer at all, Evil Dead the musical. If you like the Raimi kind of aesthetic, if you want the silly feel of the Evil Dead Time Cop you need to see time cop because that shit is hysterical if you want something more a little bit more on the intellectual side but still very weird and bonkers the hudsucker proxy if you're looking at the demon possession side of things you'll absolutely know from listening to this podcast about how much we love jennifer's body definitely see that one or fallen which is an old favorite of mine i really liked that one yeah
3: Yeah. So I, I was going to recommend the Hudsucker Proxy, which is the Coen brothers, which I think it's sort of it's one of their like maiden voyages. Yeah. And it is produced by Sam Raimi, which is such a weird combo mm-hmm. because like he's basically like, oh, fly. And then they're like, we will. And then Bruce Campbell is in that movie. Yeah.
5: He's like randomly inside of that movie. And it's such and that movie is also a cartoon like. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. When the people like the bankers start trying to throw themselves out the window and then they finally end up replacing the window with plexiglass. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Like this is one of those movies. It's kind of like if you combine like a, a, a classic superhero movie like Superman or like The Shadow, which was yeah weird movie, not a great movie. But and then like combine that with something like Brazil. It's so unique because of how it's like it's like it's somewhere between like the was that movie about the Manhattan Projects fat man, little boy oh, so- Tim Robbins and a sort of like kind of weird period pieces of like yeah. very furious. And then like in this weird, like dark city dream, like dystopian dream world. So that's a good one. And that was the one I was going to recommend but sorry <laughs> it's okay i'm gonna go way into the into the weeds right now and if you want a fucking crazy movie with crazy acting and it's just about just crazy shit happening it's not gonna be as good as evil dead i'm sorry i mean evil dead too probably as good as evil dead i will recommend the film adaptation of whitley schreiber's communion <laughs> starring christopher walken yes all right. This movie is bananas. I feel like this is the first time this movie has come up on this podcast. Is it the per- I don't think I've. There's
2: another I- movie that was directly tied to Whitley Schreiber somehow. And...
3: Oh, um, The Hunger. Yeah. Yeah, because Whitley Schreiber wrote The Hunger. The communion was based on his experience. His
2: totally, yeah. totally real experience.
5: Totally real experience. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a dog's age oh my god I forgot about that yeah I
3: I thoroughly enjoyed it for just this sheer weirdness and it's a little bit if you know the story behind it it's a little bit sad but just watching Christopher Walken act against all of like these weird robot toys that are flying around yeah yeah it's great
2: I have so many things Bruce Campbell is one of my favorite actors I have been to a book signing of Bruce Campbell's I've heard him talk a couple of times he is a really interesting dude that really uh, engages with his, his fandom in a way that a lot of guys at his level do not. He wrote a great book called The Chins Could Kill, which is all about his life as a B-movie actor. He is, I would definitely recommend following him on Twitter. He does things like post uh, the original footage from like the first commercial that he ever did, which is a, like a very long commercial for a Volkswagen. You know, I'd buy a
1: Volkswagen that Bruce Campbell tried to sell me. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because he oh, grew yeah. up in Detroit, so he has a lot of, like, bits of him doing car commercials and stuff like that. As far as things I would recommend that he is in, if you like this movie, you have to think *Baba hotel.
5: Oh, my God, I forgot oh my God, about God, hotel.
2: Run don't walk to go watch Baba. Yeah. hotel. Yes, yeah, a uh, thousand
5: yeah.
3: percent you have to I think that, that shit. In the in theater.
2: Has, the great and good and late Ozzy Davis, who are playing... In this movie, Bruce is playing Elvis, Ozzie Davis is playing JFK, and they are both still alive and well, despite them both seeming to be dead, living in this retirement community, and they are fighting uh, a mummy, because why why not all those things together at the same time? If you haven't seen uh, The Man with Two Brains, that is also, or no, sorry, The Man with the Screaming Brain is Bruce Campbell's. That's another one. It's absolutely fantastic. I can't recommend Hercules anymore because the lead in Hercules sucks. But yeah. you can watch Zena <laughs> oh, yeah. Atolicus mm. Bruce Campbell's character is on Xena as well. Uh,
5: is awesome. That's yeah.
2: the one to watch. Actually, Plus the the King of Thieves, Atolekus, who is a recurring mm. character in both of those. So definitely, I mean, give Xena a try.
3: Briscoe County Jr.
2: That it's next on my list. And my recommendation okay. section here, Emily. I agree. Kennedy jr which for the longest time was not available anywhere and i believe is on tubi now so you can watch the whole series of Crisco county jr on there as same Raimi wise you also have to watch dark man oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yes nobody else recommended dark man
5: i figured everybody would so i took it off my list
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah it is the wackiest most bonkers superhero movie yeah.
5: like yeah. barker
3: Clive barker's up in that shit too right
2: Yeah. And Liam Neeson. It's a hell of a thing to look at the people that are in that movie and see where they ended up. I am also a big fan of the quick and the dead, which is pretty amazing because it is a Western that he somehow still manages to get his car into by (laughs) pieces of a wagon because Sam Raimi is just that dedicated. And if you haven't seen a simple plan, which is also Sam Raimi, it's much darker than a lot of this stuff, but it's, it's also a very good film. And while I'm here, well, in have a minute, I watched a lot of movies while I was at the convention this past weekend, my first convention in a while. A movie that came out in like two years ago that got almost no play when it came out and is incredible is Widows. If you haven't seen Widows, which is a story about a, a group of women who are all the the wives of criminals who... Die stealing $2 million from a notorious gangster who then shows up and tells them that they owe him $2 million, even though they have nothing to do with crime and have no idea how to get $2 million. It is incredible. It is directed by Steve McQueen, and it stars Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth DeBecchi. They're all very good, and their husbands, who don't last very long in this are played by Liam Neeson, John Barenthal, and Manuel Garcia-Rolfo. And then, like, this has maybe the best hair of respectable gangster slash scary gangster that I've ever seen, which is the the guy who is they steal this money from is played by Brian Terry Henry, who does scary well in this movie, but is way overshadowed by his second in command. who's played by Daniel Kaluuya, who is scary as... Oh, yeah. Good. Daniel
1: Kaluuya can bring on the scary. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah I um, think my favorite moment in this movie... Is when Daniel Kaluuya finds out that, like at the beginning, that one of the the two guys that were supposed to be watching while this money was stolen, <gasps> were busy freestyle rapping, and so he forces them to freestyle rap while he is in their face holding a gun on them, and like does this incredibly intense, like he is this close to their face, like looking them in the eyes as this guy is trying to rap. It's just like the scariest scene. Uh, no. Of him being just the scariest gangster. So like this is an incredible movie full of amazing guys. Colin Farrell is in it as well. Robert Duvall Ooh. is in it. It is like a murder <laughs> show. And nobody talked about it for some reason because it's but it's incredible. So like not a horror movie, but it is incredibly intense. And I definitely recommend watching it.
1: So my recommendation <laughs> doesn't have Bruce Campbell. I don't have anything to do with Evil Dead 2, but uh, the Spy Family a- anime just came out. It's available on Crunchyroll. It's real good. Check out Spy Family.
3: All right. I've read some of the manga. It's
1: very good. I also wanted Hulu. Like, sorry. I don't know what's up with Hulu and Crunchyroll. I don't know contracts. I know that much. What am I? Someone who went to business school and got a degree in entertainment-like business? Did you? I
5: did. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know what the fuck is going
1: on. <laughs>
3: i mean i went to fine
5: art college i took a degree in environmental science
1: what well, good i mean you're doing things for the planet what fucking use am i i'm just a fucking
5: you make me laugh I all have the a
1: time of meat and carbon <laughs> i mean i'm okay with that Steve, <laughs> do you want to
2: uh tell people where they can find you and your work online
5: You can find me on anything social at B, and you can also find my podcast under the Talking Comics family or at Thirsty on Tune on Twitter and Instagram.
4: Indeed. And I'm at dead underscore anchorus on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out the Talking Comics podcast every Wednesday morning, new comic book day. And uh, also go check out my, my animation documentaries on the Joe Blow's original YouTube channel. It's called Animation Movies Revisited, uh, where I delve into the greatest animated films of the past and celebrate them all over again for
5: you. Yay.
4: It's a lot of fun. Uh, the next video to drop is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? So Boom go and check out great movie. night
5: no, yeah, yeah. it's a good one.
3: And then you'll eventually do Rock and Rule. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, maybe. I don't
2: know. <laughs> On the list. We're with the, let's do the one with the rooster and the rock and roll. What, That's the,
3: Rockadoodle.
2: Rockadoodle. <laughs> yeah, let's do Rockadoodle.
3: <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> but does Rockadoodle have tits in it? Yes. Because Rockadoodle does. Yes. <laughs> they,
2: well, I mean, they're not they exposed, tits, but though? the the chickens in this Rockadoodle movie uh, are very, very well endowed.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Chickens uh, are known for their breasts.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean,
3: that's a true story.
2: They fed a whole family. For them. As for the rest of us, you can find Emily at Megamoth on Twitter and Mega underscore Moth on Instagram and at Megamoth.net. Ben is on Twitter at ben the Con and on the website at Comics, where you can pick up all their books, including the brand new Immortals Phoenix Rising
1: graphic novel and the Glad Award-nominated Renegade Rule. I'm on Instagram now at ben Con Comics. so... Follow me on Instagram where, I don't know, I'm just going to post panels of shit I've worked on. You heard him. Just like Brian Bendis. That's all Brian Bendis' Instagram
2: feed is 20-year-old comics that he drew or that he wrote. And finally, for me, you can find Twitter. Uh, you, can, you can find Twitter. I'm there. I'm on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jrome58 and my website at jeremywhitley.com where you can check out everything that I write and more if it eventually comes out. The podcast is on Patreon at Progressively Horrified and our website at progressively horrified.transistor.fm. And on Twitter, Prog Horror pod. come tell us what you think of Evil Dead 2. I'm sure you have opinions and thoughts and probably uh, thoughts on the Evil Dead remake that I spent a good five minutes talking about why it's horrible. And speaking of loving to hear from you, please review our podcast. We would love to get five stars so that we can reach out to new audiences as well uh, and get recommended other places. Thanks again to Steve and Bronwyn and to Ben. Happy birthday. birthday. Ah, thank happy you.
5: birthday.
2: Thank you. <laughs> Emily was also here. Sorry, I jumped <laughs> straight into the happy birthday. No,
3: no, no. I'm singing happy birthday to Ben. Yeah. We should. Happy birthday, birthday to
2: you. you. <laughs> happy birthday, Ben. Ben, it's your birthday. Okay. All right. All right. Well, this is was- it. We'll see you again next week, and until then, stay horrified.
0: Progressively Horrified is created by Jeremy Whitley and produced by Alicia Whitley. This episode featured Jeremy, Ben, Emily, and special guests Steve and Bronwyn. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own and do not represent the intent or opinion of the filmmakers, nor do they represent the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Cole 6 and was provided royalty-free from Pixabay. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can contact us at... Progressively horrified at gmail.com, or you can visit our website at progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm Thanks for listening. Oh, and happy birthday, Ben.